0: In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. We spoke a little bit last week about interpreting Jesus' parables and how their meanings for us can change over time. Parables in Luke are like little plays where we learn good through the good examples, and learn not to do the bad examples. We, we feel for the people in the, in the parables, we might feel like them. They are icons for us. Luke's parables especially are about relationships. It's unlike Matthew's parables that are all about the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is as if but it is hard to pin down what relationships are being described and lifted up for us in this particular story. Now, I never understood or even liked this parable until I began to rearrange the characters in it a little bit. Now, I always thought the unjust manager had to be the bad guy. I mean, his name is the unjust manager, right? But why then would the wealthy man commend him for giving his money away? Moreover, what in the world does Jesus mean by make friends by dishonest wealth? Surely Jesus isn't telling his listeners to be dishonest, is he? Then I, I realized I realized that I was thinking of the rich man as God. Would that that was not our want in the world today. I was judging the actions of this manager as squandering his money for the manager's own profit. The problem with that though is that there is nothing in this story that says the manager kept the money for himself. In fact, the word used for what the manager was doing with his employer's money is the forgive my Greek, translated it means to scatter. It has the same root as the word diaspora. It's the term that we use for the scattering of peoples that were once all together. And so here's where you'll need to stay with me for a minute. What if? What if this manager was more like Robin Hood than Bernie Madoff? Now, think about it. It's strange that we never hear of this manager being punished. Instead, he's commended, commended for his shrewdness in dealing with those who were indebted to the rich man. It seems the rich man made his money by being the big lender who collected many debts and more now all the talk of dishonest wealth what if that dishonest wealth was the rich man's money that he got dishonestly what if the manager was doing good in redistributing that money more justly to those who needed it to those who were indebted to the rich man being crushed under the weight of their debts now let's be clear this is not a lesson in stealing from your boss okay this is a parable it's not aesop's fable right but jesus is talking to his followers as well as to the pharisees and the pharisees are part of the religious leadership that are known for living off of the offerings of the people without loving them, without caring for their welfare, and all the while kissing up to Rome, trying to get the best position they can. I think Jesus is comparing the Pharisees to the rich man. The manager knows what it is to be poor, and he acts to help others by using his master's wealth Now in the end he does think of himself and how he will live if he is indeed fired so he shaves off the debts knowing that at least maybe some of these folks will welcome him into their houses for food and shelter again this is not a morality play it's a story that really talks about the plight of the Jews in the midst of Roman oppression. They barely survived under Roman rule. There were famines throughout the lands while Rome was living sumptuously. The religious leaders who were supposed to help them were keeping it all for themselves, lining their pockets, jockeying for position, trying to get as close to the emperor as possible. Again, I think it just makes more sense for Jesus to commend the manager's actions based on his creative use of dishonest wealth. Because through this use, he helped others. He secured a future. Now, you may think I'm completely off base. You may think my theories are hogwash. Not to worry, it would not be the first time. But I do believe that God wants us to use the gifts that we have to help others. And I'm not just talking about our personal finances and day-to-day Christian ethics. I believe that God wants us to be active in creating systems of justice in our society. So that everyone everyone is treated like the valued child of God that they are we are the richest society in the world and we still can't find the will Lord knows we have the money we still can't find the will to make sure that we have health care for the most vulnerable children the poor the mentally ill the addicted. We can't find the will to help our black brothers and sisters stay in the homes that they own, the homes that were given to them through the generations, rather than tearing them down and creating yet more overpriced housing that pushes all but the whitest and wealthiest out of these neighborhoods. We can't even find the will to make sure that every child in this country has a good education that's not based on the zip code that they live in. Now, you're going to tell me, preacher, you're going to get in trouble for meddling. Sometimes preachers do get in trouble. It's true. But that's the kind of trouble that Representative John Lewis of Blessed Memory called good trouble, necessary trouble. When the systems around us break the poorest and the sickest in order to feed the greed of the ultra-rich, we need to get in some good trouble. The heart of this manager, this Robin Hood, is the type of heart I believe Jesus wants us to have We need to be about the business of helping those in need by dismantling the systems of dishonest wealth in this country. We need to stop sitting down at the tables that Jesus was flipping over. We need to get into some good trouble. Amen.